and welcome to Unashamed, a Smut Lovers podcast where we just want to talk to you about smut. I'm Courtney. And I'm Kelsey. All right. And we are doing another read along. Yes. And forewarning, I fucked up. Okay. So the <laughs> so the series is Lost Boys by Jesse Walker. It's a male male. Um, always, you know, these are just our opinions. If we like something, you don't like vice versa. It's not that deep. We will all move on. Okay, here's where I fucked up. So I started reading this on my own and I just texted Courtney and I was like, oh my God, have you read these books? And she's like, seriously, it's on the wheel. This is also Kelsey's usually the one who always puts the book recommendations on the wheel because she's in the Facebook groups and she'll get recommendations from there. This is the one book, the one book I put on the wheel because I was waiting because when I first saw it, I was like, this would be a perfect read along. It was yeah. a duet. At, I think now it's, what, 2.5 books. It's got a novella. But I was like, oh, this is going to be so perfect. It's a good male male. It looks like it's emotional. Kelsey will love it. And then yeah. she goes and she reads it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, however, I'm only 58% through the first book. So I figured... We could still do the intro, and then we'll just come back at chapter 21 um, <laughs> instead of 50%. So, Because that's where I'm at right now. I'm at chapter 21. I haven't started it yet. So um, I don't remember what the blurb says, but I'm assuming Courtney has read the blurb. So, yeah, I just finished it. It looks like it's a bisexual awakening book. There's a... I... A guy who's uh, pretty self-destructive and then he meets a boy from his childhood, Will, and he I guess he told himself it was a fluke and a mistake, I'm assuming the attraction, and so it looks like it's going to be an angsty bisexual awakening. It does say that it's slow burn. It is slow burn. Uh, I can confirm that. Um... <laughs> It's, it's very, uh, it's slow. Like the buildup is slow. I'm just now getting to kind of the the tipping point where it's really sucking me in. Um, so I, even though it's slow, just keep pushing because it, you do like the further you go, you do start finding stuff out. So I'm not going to spoil anything, obviously, but it is. Um, a slower starting storyline like you kind of it, it kind of just like barely is trucking like trucking along until you get to a point where you start actually learning some shit so yeah just just keep pushing through all right guys uh i guess we just have to hop back in because we can't really make any judgments or anything like that because Kelsey yeah. already has inside knowledge. So I know. So uh, I will wait for you um, and uh, we will come back at chapter 21. All right. Go ahead and pause here, guys. Okay, we're back. Yes. Um, Lost Boys. Yes. So we are 58% through. We're at chapter 21 now. Um, I haven't read it for a few days because I fucked up and I read it early and whatever. So, so I was waiting on Courtney. We read a whole other book in the middle. Um, but I really am enjoying this so far. Okay. So surprisingly, this was actually a nice breather because I needed to get this one finished because Kelsey had already read it before I started to. So I was using it as my break book in between reading Compel, which if you've listened to the episode before this, which we are actually recording seconds apart, but if you listen to my epi the episode before this, you'll know that Compel was not my favorite book in the world. And so this one, whenever uh, reading Compel got a little too intense for me, I would take a break and read a couple chapters here. And it was a nice break, especially like still pretty angsty, but yeah, this is a different kind of angst. <laughs> yeah. And so, oh my gosh, Waylon's dad. So this book, um, 
I know we went over the the blurb in the intro a little bit, but I want to say it wasn't quite was what I was going expecting from the blurb, but it is at the same time, if that makes sense. Like yeah. it was going to be an angsty bisexual awakening. Uh, and so Will's boyfriend dies and he's one of the main characters. And so he is kind of riding through the country. It seems like he committed suicide, which is important to note for other aspects of the book. Yes. Okay. So, and then he goes to this town that he lived in when he was, I, what about 11? So middle school, he lived there for a year and, um, he meets his ex best friend or, you know, the guy who was his childhood, childhood best friend when he lived there, Waylon and Waylon grew up uh, in a very, very abusive household. However, his dad was a cop and I want to say he was like, the chief of that small of their town. Yeah. The chief or the sheriff or whatever. He was high up. Yeah. So, uh, Waylon was under the impression the entire time that Will told somebody that Waylon was being abused by his dad, even though it turns out that Will never did that. He thought he was told that some other kid was doing it. So he wouldn't beat up that other kid. He didn't realize it was the dad at the time. And yeah. so, but Waylon has grown up with this belief that, you know, he also got beat harder because CPS showed up as, at his house. And um, also they kissed when they were kids and the dad found out, caught them like holding hands or something and uh, instilled a very, very uh, strict homophobia in Waylon through yeah. the abuse. Like, like almost conversion therapy level homophobia, like... Um, I don't know if you've, if any of you have read books before where it's like they've gone through conversion therapy and now like anytime they think of anything homosexual, they like throw up or like a, a panic attack or whatever. It's, it's like that level. Of Pavlovian, the Pavlov's dog effect, essentially, yeah. you know, you, you correlate one notion to pain and, you know, terror. So anyway, Waylon has now grown up. His father is in prison for something. He I don't know. It wasn't I don't it wasn't the abuse. Oh no, he No, he was drunk driving and killed a little girl. Okay, yeah. Sorry. I remember now. Anyway, so uh he's in prison trying to get parole, which is like screwing Waylon up and then of course Will shows up and does not help the situation. Not, you know, un Will doesn't realize that. Anyway, I where we left off essentially was they finally, I don't want to say hooked up, they kind of hooked up. So they were left alone at the bar that uh, Waylon co-owns with his best friend, Mason, which I don't know if there is a story on Mason and Sean and Izzy and all of that. I want to see, though, or maybe that's like one of like the novella or something. A, I think it's going to be a plot point in this story. Yeah, but there's a whole thing. So like one the one of the little girls that was like friends with all of them when they were little. She goes missing when she's 17. I want to say her and the friend Mason are like together. Yeah. Or, you know, and they were. anyway, so Mason turns drugs and becomes an addict and meets this other guy who's an addict and he becomes part of the friend. It's a whole mess. Like this book is really one you have to like read to, I guess, get all, there's a lot going on in like the subplots. Yeah, and I have a feeling it's all going to be important. Yeah, I agree. I'm almost worried, like, Izzy is going to show up. Not worried, like, hopeful, obviously. Or they're going to, like, find her body or something, and it hasn't left town. Because they say she disappeared on a vacation out of town. But what if she came home and then something happened? Hmm. Or what if something happened with Waylon's dad? Yeah, like, I was a little worried no. about that, too. Like, what if he hurt her, and then this is before the drunk driving incident? I don't know when the dad went to prison, though. I want to say it might have been before Izzy disappeared. I yeah, think he I was don't... 16 when his dad went I... to prison, and she was 17 when she disappeared. I have no idea. I don't have any theories as far as Izzy is concerned. I'm just kind of, like, on edge, like, waiting for it to happen. 
because it's either going to be like something good or something really bad. Like I think it will be a plot point that is definitely tied up, but I don't know how. I don't have any theories yet as to how. Like I can spit out some things, but I really I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Um I don't know, as far as the romance aspect of it, because we've gotten so little of it and because it is so tied into Waylon's trauma, I don't know necessarily if that's going to blow up until book two. Like, I think things are going to happen, but it's always going to be, like, interrupted, almost. Mm -hmm. I think book yeah. two is really where we're going to get any sort of progress, which is fine. This is a slow burn. It says that. And I'm kind of happy that... I'm hoping at least that it is going to be really explored and broken down instead of one of those books where it's like, Oh, uh, I was, you know, traumatized and whatever, but now I'm over it. Cause I'm with somebody. I want it yeah. to really be broken down and explored because it's I think it will be. Um, and I, can I just say that is my favorite type of book where it's like, really it's slow burn. It's broken down. We're fleshing out all the traumas and the issues and the, things you know like I like when it's all fleshed out and things are you know have time taken to really go over them to really experience the emotion where we left off so they had just like semi hooked up they didn't come but <laughs> they did like kind of hook up ish while they were drunk we left off it's the next morning and um Waylon is freaking out yeah he's having like a panic attack and um, just memories are happening with his with his father, and so uh, I I am excited to hop back into it. Like I said, there's not a whole lot. There's so much going on outside of essentially the couple. Yeah, and it's um, it's very slow build, so it takes a little bit to get into it. But once it does start picking up, like it sucks you in. So it. Like, it took me probably mm, nine or ten chapters before I was really, like, okay. And, like, didn't want to set the book down. Um, which is, I mean, it's a long book. So, nine or ten chapters is quite a bit. But uh, I will say it is worth it. I really do like this book so far. I do, too. So, I'm do, excited do to you agree that it was uh, slow to grip you in in the beginning as well, though? I would... I agree. I think, yeah, until I would say, what was it? The first past memory. Yeah, the childhood point of views really got me. As soon as we started getting childhood point of views, I was like, oh, okay, now we're now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, but I mean, I yeah, I think it started slow, but I also don't think that that was necessarily a bad thing here. No, it it wasn't. I like I now that I'm like past that point, I realize how necessary every single encounter is. Yes, I agree. So let's go ahead and jump back in. Yes, we're gonna come back at the end of book one. So if you are reading along with us, don't go on to book two yet. Come back to us. Go ahead and pause here. <laughs> okay, we're back. Oh, uh, we just almost hooked up. And then he, Waylon had a mental breakdown. And that's kind of where we went back into it. Yeah. He went and he, like, shot up. He got super drunk and he, like, got shot up with heroin. Yeah, his mental, he took a mental breakdown and then said, let's just push it even further <laughs> as far as it goes like oh man but you know the bender did not last very long so he was missing for i think a couple of days and then yeah. they found him and they brought him back to his childhood home where his uncle reggie now lives which freaked him out and then they kind of had like this big um will and way had this big like heart-to-heart -heart type thing where Will was finally like, okay, you know what? I'm ready to let you go. And he started to burn the Valentine cards, which was a thing from um, earlier in the book. And Waylon said, don't. He stopped him. He basically said, no, we're not done with each other. You're not pushing me out of your life. And then they kind of 
managed to uh, piece their relationship together, but it was tentative. And then shit started hitting the fan. So Mason finally came to the conclusion that Izzy was dead and that she's not coming back. He fucked up, called her twin brother Izzy. And then Waylon was basically like, no, fuck this. Like, he broke his sobriety and lost his shit. Like, if he believes Izzy's not coming back, then Izzy's not coming back. And he started having his own breakdown. Will started to kind of get through to him a little bit. And then Ivy showed up and said, your dad's getting out of prison. And that's where the book fucking ended so abruptly too it was like your dad got parole or you know your dad's getting out and then it's just that's it that's the last fucking sentence yeah i was so upset also uh did you notice the tension with the twin brother and mason like i know it's probably about izzy because uh waylon mentions that the only similarity between the twins was their eyes and the slight build but i don't know i caught some like a little bit of tension. I, yes, but I caught the tension between Sean and Waylon. Did you catch that? Yeah, but I don't think it was like attraction tension, though. I don't think John it was. Waylon. At least I don't think it was reciprocated from Waylon's side, obviously. But I think Sean might have been like harboring some things and I'm- seen. Waylon, at the very least, opening up to Will. You know what I mean? And See, I thought before the twin thing happened, I thought it was going to be Sean and Mason. Yeah. Because they were so close because of the sobriety thing. Like, I can feel the vibes from Sean. I just don't know who they're directed at. Yeah, he's got vibes. Yeah. That's all we know. But then there was the little, like, incident between... So, uh, Mason was essentially, like, passed out or whatever, doing whatever in um, the twin's lap. Why did his name blink on me? Jeremy. Yeah. So he was in Jeremy's lap and like he looks up into his eyes. And once again, this could just be because he has the same eyes as the love of Mason's life. And, you know, so that's what he cups. He cups in. He cups his face and he says, is he? And poor Jeremy, like, looks like he's been sucker punched. I don't know. It's described like he kind of jerks back like he's been, you know, and... Poor Jeremy. I feel so bad, especially because it's mentioned a few times in the book how he was homeschooled almost the entirety of his uh, school because he was so soft and like, I I would assume the stereotypical what you would see of a gay child or teen or whatever, they describe him as soft and they said that the bullying got so bad that Izzy went to school publicly with all the other kids and he was homeschooled with the exception of like a couple of years. Yeah. So that poor fucking kid has had it so rough. Can we talk about how beautiful the writing is? It's so beautiful. This is an amazingly written story. Like it I I seriously cried for like 30 minutes while I was reading. It's beautiful and I I don't want to say it's super flowery, but it definitely has like a more it's got like a um, almost like poetic. Yeah, vibe. yeah, <laughs> poetic. It's very. I I really do like it. I agree. It's and it works. Done. It works for this story. Like I've read yeah. stories where it's very flowery um, language and it doesn't work and it pisses me off. Uh, honestly, like if it if a story is like the story is not the vibe of flowery, but the writing is flowery, it like. Almost makes me fucking violent. There was that other one. Oh my god, you remember what I'm talking about, though, right? Oh, yeah. Where it was very oh, yeah. flowery. The one, with, the one with the cannibalism. That's exactly the one I'm thinking of. I'm talking about the one we read together. Oh, oh. you're talking about Eden or whatever. Yeah, that one had super flowery language and <laughs> it not a flowery vibe. At I'm talking all. about the one we both really loved, and I ended up going on and reading everything that that author had. Oh, Sleepy Harris. Yes. Oh. Bad wrong. That one was also a, a appropriately flowery language. Oh, yes. so, 
So good too. Yeah, see, I don't mind flower language when you're doing it right. And especially with super angsty books like this, I feel like it's almost more appropriate. You get the um, emotion conveyed a lot better when it's the story is told in a series of metaphors. And yeah. um, what's really funny about me, this is a fun fact about me. Um, so I read a lot in like, middle school but then um i was reading a series and it wasn't finished i got traumatized i stopped reading whatever um <laughs> told that story before so listen back if you want the full story on that the I, I so i didn't read all through like high school unless it was an assigned book and i was like appalled by metaphors of any kind like i couldn't read poetry i couldn't read like plato or any of that like uh socrates and you know i had assigned readings for those and i would i failed like any episode or any episode for uh any assignment that i had with reading anything that was like heavily metaphored and now as an adult and now that i've read quite a bit more when it's appropriate i really appreciate all of the metaphors a lot more and i actually just i don't know a few days ago i saw a video that somebody did about one of the like philosophical readings that i did in high school and i didn't understand a fucking thing from it i completely failed the assignment i ended up failing the class is the only class i ever failed i I just heard somebody talking about it in a video a couple days ago and it like all the metaphors just clicked. I'm like, okay, well, we are like 11 years too late, but. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, yeah, I used to, I used to, I, I used to read like my mom's Harlequin romances and those are so, so flowery. Like if you go read an eighties or nineties Harlequin romance, you are going to read the most fluffy, flowery freaking language they don't even say the word penis ever okay it's not even that like they the metaphors for human genitalia in those books <laughs> is so fucking wild okay i could just i could do I mean, an entire episode on just like some of the most wild and unhinged things i've heard people compare body parts to in those books oh i'm sure i've seen like little clips here and there posted from different books people find and it's insane. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Anyway, so back to this book. <laughs> I think we've mostly gone over it. Uh, I am super, I'm worried to see, like, obviously how the house is going to be handled because the uncle lives there now, but I'm assuming that um, ownership will go back to, unless the uncle just plans to live with his brother, but I don't think so. I'm wondering if the uncle bought the house, though. Maybe, or maybe it was gifted to both children because they, I don't, it was uh, like the father and uncle's childhood home as well. Like it's the family home that's been in there for a few generations. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to live together because Reggie is not a fan of Shay. Oh, absolutely hates him. He's like, I wish I could have done. Uh, I'm also kind of wondering what the relationship will be between reggie and waylon now because now they're gonna kind of need to like lean on each other because you know reggie doesn't want to go to prison for murdering his brother hopefully and um waylon's gonna need him with you know because there's so much that's gonna happen i think at least i'm gonna predict that so much is gonna happen at once the dad's gonna get out which is a whole mess that waylon has to deal with emotionally physically all of that but also it's likely going to get around that Will is in town to the dad. And not only in town, but hanging out with Waylon. Now, the dad already had ideas about what they were doing when they were kids, and now it actually is happening as adults. And, you know, I guarantee he's gonna have something to say. So I wonder if Shay will be the one to out Waylon. I don't think he will publicly, like to the town. But I'm wondering if it'll be like something where he sees him and Will together or whatever and be like, oh, my son's a effing F word. Mm, you know what? Maybe. That, mm. 
That could happen. I could see that. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's all going to pop off. And I'm less convinced now than when we checked in before that Izzy is ever going to be resolved. I I don't know. I feel like it was a really weirdly convenient thing to bring up this far in, though. Like, they could have just, the author could have kind of just kept it in perpetuity. Like, oh, you know, she's missing and, like, we all know but don't know that she's dead. I, I feel like it was intentional that it was brought up like this. I wonder if the father knows anything. Like, I think he was in, I, I think we established he was in prison when it happened. But I don't know. But she, and she also, she was on vacation. I would be surprised if he does know anything. I think it was necessary to explain the sobriety issues with Mason. I think it was necessary to explain Sean. I think it was necessary to explain Jeremy. I think it was necessary to explain some of Waylon's breakdowns. I think it, I think Izzy having been there in the past and not being there now and not being resolved was necessary for so many other characters developments that I don't know that it will get resolved. I'm not as confident as I was before when I was like, Oh yeah, I think for sure we're going to find out what happened to Izzy. I don't think we are. I, yeah, of course, obviously I would prefer to have an answer for Izzy, right? but I feel like it would make sense from like a literary perspective if we don't. That's fair. Mm. I, you know what? So I don't want right. to get but it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I can see what you're saying though. It would really suck. I'm just yeah. Like I said, we would obviously prefer to know what happened with Izzy, but I'm not going to get my hopes up. Yeah. Because I feel like. Um, whether we do or don't find out, it'll make sense. Like, also, yeah, because, I mean, at that point, unless she is dead, you you almost would have to have her show up dead, right? You couldn't really just have her pop back in after, it's been four years. You can't just have her pop back in alive and well and, like, walking around town. That would be a yeah. whole other series. You'd have to have a whole other series at that point just to explain what the fuck happened four years ago. Yeah. All right. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So I think we have beat this horse just about as far as we can. Yeah. I'm really, really, really excited to dive back into it. Like I, any, any other books that I'm trying to read, I'm just like, oh, I, I just can't. It's not the same. We are going to go ahead. I didn't read the blurb for book oh. two, but I feel like we kind of know what's going to happen enough. Yeah. I haven't downloaded it yet, so we don't know our stopping point. Um, looks like chapter, chapter 21. 21. Yep. Nice. Okay. Well, we will see you guys back at chapter 21 in, if there's a way, go ahead and pause here. Okay. We're back. What the fuck? So I'm wondering if we should start at the big thing that just happened or if we should start towards like where we left off a lot of this book was just like slow achingly heartbreaking feelings and stuff like that so far but then shit started to pick up like literally right before we had to stop reading yeah well okay so first off i want to say because i don't know for those of you who are or are not reading along um i thought originally hold on sorry so I thought originally that Reggie and Seamus, uh, Waylon's dead and uncle, I thought they were brothers because it mentions that um, it was Reggie's family home. But it also, Waylon- it, it also mentioned that they were best friends. Seamus and Reggie were best friends. That's what happened when he went into bootleggers in the last book. And the bartender was like, come on, you guys were best friends. Like... I, yeah, I must have skipped over for me, but I thought that, so I didn't realize that Reggie was actually uh, the mother's brother, and it fucking turns out, okay, it turns out that when uh, they were kids, they were like 16, Reggie, or not Reggie, the dad, Seamus, tried to kiss Reggie, okay, and... Like, he's telling Waylon the story. He's like, I had a friend when I was a kid who tried to kiss me, and uh, I handled it very badly, which 
that this is back in the day. So I think the dad and the uncle are like, they're in their fifties now. So, or close to their fifties. So, uh, yeah. So, um, anyway, he was like, it was back when they were like 16. So back in the day and you know, I'm not excusing homophobia, but it's small town, different time. Yeah. Different time. Um, and so he reacted poorly when he was kissed and Waylon asks at the very end, he's like, whatever happened to that friend? And he knew. And yeah. He like, he had a feel he knew, but he like knew the confirmation. And Reggie goes, he married my sister. And Waylon's like, that doesn't make like he loved my mom. And obviously with all of the awful things that he did to Waylon, you know, you'd think it was, in- it was internalized homophobia from the dad that got passed on to the son oh. and like so now Waylon gets to break the chain you know what i mean and that sucks but like adds up i had a feeling back when the at home conversion therapy conversation started happening i had a feeling that this might go this way i didn't expect it to be reggie but i just like i got the vibe that dad probably had some internalized homophobia too so like when when he when it all came out i was like i fucking knew it like i i don't know i totally like figured already plus we almost got confirmation that something happened between mason and jeremy Yes, yes. So I I had those vibes the last book. I had the vibes. We talked about it. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I think I'm wondering if maybe all this time Jeremy had a crush on Mason. And Mason and Izzy were like dating since they were like 11 or 12. So I think all that time maybe Jeremy had a crush on Mason. Or at the very least as they were growing up together. And... I'm wondering if maybe something happened in the years after Izzy disappeared. I would be surprised. But another thing I said that I had vibes from Sean turned out those vibes were just like him seeing a lot of himself in Mason or in uh, Waylon and not like taking steps to be a better friend. Which I like, have, like he did have something going on, but I, I think that was probably what it was. I have vibes from Sean, not in a bad way, but um, it, the way Phoebe is. Phoebe, with I was going to say, I think, I think him and Phoebe, I don't know if this She's author will ever. Now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if this author will ever do male, female or not, but I, um, I wonder if like sometime in the year's future, if that would become a thing. But it, it also, can I just say, um, have you looked at this author's page? No. On Facebook? These are the first books. These are the first books? Yeah. This is not a, like, <gasps> they write like a seasoned author. Oh, my God. They write, yeah. Like, That's they write like they've been doing this for this is incredible. When I saw that, like I, we've talked about it maybe in the last episode or episode before, something like that, where it's like the um, that feeling you get when you find an incredible book and you look and it's like one of their very first. It's just like uh, it, it's amazing because now you get to follow them their whole entire journey and like I'm so fucking excited. It was the same feeling I got when I realized Cora Rose only had two books out when I started reading Cora Rose. Yes. You know? This is another author that's just like their writing is fucking incredible. And this is only the one that we're currently reading right now is only their second book. What? Like and the one that we just finished reading in the same duet was their first book. Like that's <laughs> insane it's amazing i'm i'm stoked yeah i i know and the writing the writing is so i don't want to say mature but you know what i mean like it is it's it's very it's so good like i don't even know (laughs) how to describe it this is such a profoundly emotional book too yes it makes you feel the angst and the heartbreak and the fear, you know, that each of these characters is feeling as it's happening. And wow, for 
a newer author or and here's it i don't necessarily know if they are like a brand new author or if this is just their first kindle books but right like we don't know but for this to be the first well actually i went to their i went to their website too actually oh Um, so just first at all they don't have anything other than than these books that's insane just to have already such a, a strong voice this is definitely going to shape up to be one of the greats that we talk about 100 oh, percent. they already are sorry it's they not they're shaping up to be they are one of the greats but yeah like if you're starting off like this i can't wait to see i can't wait to see what this author does moving forward Absolutely. because it's just it's, it's a fantastic duet like i'm i'm completely sucked in i don't want to read a single other fucking thing until i'm finished you know what i mean <laughs> um i I have cried along with the characters, which I'm not a big crier with books. Okay, here's the thing. We say that all the time, and then we're like, I sobbed like a baby. I always used to say, I'm not a crier. I'm not a crier. I have fucking teared up almost every time we've read an angsty read-along at this point. We really try very hard to find really good books for the read-alongs. So, like, (laughs) when when we're talking about like crying during these books, that means they're fucking amazing books because otherwise, like I don't, I'm not a big crier. Like there has to be a lot of emotion packed into it that like, I can just, I feel what they're feeling, you know? And this author does a really, really great job at that. Definitely. I agree 100%. All right. So we need to get to what just happened though. That was like blowing both of our minds. Yes. Oh my God. So there was, so they had been like, I don't know if the bar was completely shut down for the last like month and a half, but they weren't doing the live shows at the very least. So this was going to be their first night back doing the live shows. It's the day after Halloween. Reggie just moved into his new place. Um, So Waylon just was there, had a breakthrough, like Things are good. You know what I mean? Right now, the hesitance is on Will's side because every time Will lets Waylon in, Waylon lets him down. And so right now, he's kind of like, you're going to have to show me that things can be better. And so every single day, he texts him, still beating, whatever. Okay, so fast forward. Things are getting better. Everybody is, except for Will, is sober. So they decide to do their first live music night and they don't realize that the same night that they decide to do their first live music night back, Bootleggers, the dive bar, is shut down for questionable activity. So all of these people that are normally at Bootleggers are coming to, what is it, O'Leary's I think is the name of the bar. They're all coming to this bar. So they they play their set things are rowdy but it's like manageable you know like the two security guards will and tank are like managing and then will takes a second to go check on waylon and when that happens he hears glass breaking and sees jeremy in the middle of something and jeremy has been talked about as like you know he's lith he's too soft he's too nice like all these things so they go over there to break it up. Will's telling Waylon, like, stay back, stay back. Don't get involved. Stay back. Waylon doesn't listen. He gets into the fray of things. Everything turns into a full-on bar fight, just brawl. People that are on the same side are hitting each other. Nobody knows what the fuck is going on. And everything is in chaos. Will is trying to get Waylon out. Waylon's having a panic attack, frozen, stuck somewhere else in his head. Doesn't know what the fuck is happening. Um, and then Will tries to like move him, but some guy swings. So we don't know who's hit. We don't know. Um, we know somebody's probably hit because like the way that it ended, but we don't know who, if it was Waylon, if it was Will, like we don't know anything yet. It just like stopped. Also, I want to interject here. So we have been told from Waylon and Mason and essentially the people who knew Jeremy growing up that Jeremy was soft. But Will makes a comment a few chapters back because he's been hanging out with Jeremy 
regularly since oh yeah true yeah since all of the things happened that went down in the last book with uh will and waylon he mentions and he says you know everybody said that he was soft but he's nothing like they describe he you know he's not soft at all and well i i think he has soft edges i don't think he's a fighter i don't think so either but i think that what it is a lot of what waylon and mason are seeing is like this projection of because he is gay he's always been like the one that they had to take care of and so they didn't see that he grew up he be he was out and proud he goes to other towns to like gay bars and he goes out you know like yeah like they didn't he has him grow up yeah he has spunk but i don't think that makes him a fighter you know what i mean but they don't necessarily say like oh he's soft because he's a fighter they just they see him as a soft person. Like he has a soft yeah. personality. And the reality is Jeremy's very sassy. He's very puppy. Yeah. He's spunky. He's not like this soft spoken guy that they kind of like see him as that they did when he was a kid. Right. And I think that's yeah. a lot of just their perception of the kid that they grew up knowing. And he's not that guy anymore. But I think, and maybe that's where some of Mason and Jeremy's issue are coming from as well. Maybe. Um, We don't really know a lot about that yet. We know something is brewing there, but we don't really have a lot of details yet. I wonder wonder if the novella is them. I never looked at what the novella was about. I don't think so. It's called Still Beating. Maybe then. So Maybe not. I doubt it. It would be nice to get somebody else's fucking point of view. Okay. I know I usually am not a fan of that. I usually like if it's a multi POV, I like it to be the, you know, the characters actually involved in the relationship. I want Swan's point of view. That's who I want. Right? Seriously. Cause I feel like Mason's so broken. He's stuck in his own shit. Even, even now after they had their heart to heart and like, talk to each other we like I you know I lost her too and and stuff like that like I I I get that but like I still feel like Mason's stuck in his own shit now he's got shit going on with Jeremy like uh, we don't really know Mason all that well honestly no um Sean on the other hand like I feel like his character has come across so well I feel like Mason's selfish and hurting which like fine you know, I'm, I'm not holding anything against him, he, but he's self-hurting, and we don't we don't get a lot of Mason because Mason's stuck in his own shit. And um, it feels like, at the expense of everybody else, he held the monopoly on grief. Yes, for Izzy for so long. Yes, nobody else got to mourn her. Waylon didn't get to because it was all about Mason because Mason was in love with her. It almost seems like even the the parents and Jeremy didn't get to like. It had to be the Mason show, almost. Yeah. And that sucks. And I don't think he did it on purpose. No. Um, but he, yeah, I, I just, I think he's a selfish man. And um, because he has been grieving so heavily for so long, and he handled it extremely poorly the first two years. So, and then not much better the second two years. But um, hopefully this will be a new leaf. I don't think Jeremy will um, put up with his shit. So that's good. But we don't even know really what happened between them. Which I think I think may play into the reason why Waylon hasn't told Mason yet that he's with Will. Or that he was with Will or anything. That he's not straight. He hasn't told Mason. You're right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm wondering maybe too... It just doesn't seem like... I just think, like, in a plot point of view, like, mm-hmm. if if he hasn't told Mason, Mason hasn't had a reason to tell or keep a secret from Waylon. You know, they're both keeping the secret from each other. Maybe even unintentionally. But I just think, like, as a plot standpoint, that makes sense. That's true. Well, hopefully it breaks soon, okay? We only, we only have 50% more. And we haven't even... The dad has not come into the picture since the very beginning of this book when I mean, I'm wondering, about, but he, he, I, 
I'm wondering if he comes into the picture like next chapter because all those bootlegger guys were there and everybody was saying like, yeah, he's not going to risk it. He's not going to risk it. But something and I don't I mean, it could be just the violence and the homophobia, but I'm wondering if something froze Waylon up that bad, like seeing his dad. Maybe I was wondering if like after this is resolved, like I think Will and Waylon are going to kind of come together more and then it's going to happen. Like they're going to be out in town. And the dog's going to see. I think so. I'm so, like, invested. (laughs) I know. Okay, well, so let's stop beating the dead horse here, and let's get back to it. Okay, come back at the end of this book if you're reading along with us and pause here. I fucking love these books. I do, too. It was... I feel like it was really like the confrontation with the dad and everything, except for the very end, was, well, not all of it. I feel like all of it was really very well written. And it was very well thought out. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's like, it's one of those books that just kind of like leaves you like almost like desolate. Like you're just like, how am I supposed to move on? Mm-hmm. We're going to end up releasing the novella, the 2.5, uh, as a bonus, just because for us recording, this is the week of Thanksgiving, and neither of us know really what the rest of our week after today is going to look like. So we're a little bit on a time crunch. So we will do that one, I guess, as a little bonus episode next week, probably. Yeah, so once we are able to get it done, it'll just come up as soon as it's ready. Um, so keep a lookout for that. But yeah, this book, like, I just, I, I don't know. I'm almost like speechless. And the fact that this is like, it, I mean, we're assuming unless they also write under another pen name, which if they if this author writes under another pen name and you know about it, like, please let us know because fuck. Um, I would love to read more by this author, but we're assuming these are like the first books this author has released. And that is just, it's incredible. So incredible. A serious knock out of, knock out of the park, like 10 out of 10. Just for this to be early works for this author i am very excited to see what comes next i know they have a few orders well speaking of what comes next um she did say in the last little part of this book um like the acknowledgments or author's note or whatever it was at the end um i just skimmed over it but mason and sean are both getting books and it looks like it doesn't say for sure, so I could be wrong, but it looks like Mason's book is with Jeremy. I think so, too. So at the end of this book, we do find out a little bit. We don't get the full story on what Jeremy's side was, but Will mentions that Jeremy did say what happened. And it seems like after Izzy disappeared, there was this point in time where he was almost transferring the feelings and needs from Izzy to Jeremy because of their, you know, them being twins. And so I'm wondering what happened within that space of, I would assume it would have been the years he wasn't sober. Yeah, I don't know, but it sounds toxic as fuck and I'm here for it. Yeah, and Jeremy did leave. So he's gone, he's out of town. He is trying to find himself. Good for fucking Jeremy, by the way. Yeah. Uh, And now that they're all healthier, it ended with them they decided to release like originals and they got signed and went to California, maybe. I think so. Yeah. To record. Yeah. So that's where it ends for us, which I'm so happy that they were all kind of able to uh, grow and kind of leave behind a little bit of the trauma. Of course, we don't know a lot about Sean yet. Still the man is a whole big mystery. Like, we know a little bit, like, he was abused, but 
I'm He's excited for his book. I love him. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I absolutely, Sean is one of my favorite characters. I mean, they all are in their own way, but I really want to hear Sean's story. I do too. Also, I'm curious to know if we were correct and maybe it's going to be with the little sister. She just sticks so very closely to him and there's like little moments and obviously she's very much underage. Nothing is happening right now. But I assume when we get to Sean's book, if it is with Phoebe, it's going to be like um, years in the future. Yeah. So, which I'll be excited for. I love I love Phoebe too. I do too. She's just so lighthearted and cute. Honestly, I I kind of want to see what Ivy's going, what's going on with Ivy too. Yeah, all of them. I want all of them. So she's releasing another book. This author is releasing another book. Um, in so her pre-order shows September of next year, but. Uh, she did put, I don't know if it was on Instagram or her website or whatever, that she's aiming for like end of this year, beginning of next year. So hopefully that book comes out soon. It's the, uh, something little bird. I'm not sure, but, uh, I just, I, I could devour this author's work. Like I'm, I'm so excited for the future finding this author so early on is just, it's like a high. Like I'm, I'm so, I just, this, the writing was so beautiful and the story was so well thought out, so well put together. It was just um, all of the character development, not just the two main characters, but every side character was where, very well developed. Everything um, was just so good. If for some reason you listen to this whole episode without without actually reading the books, you're doing yourself a disservice. Go read the books; they're amazing. Um, I just, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for the fact that I got to read this. It's it feels like an honor to get to read this book. Honestly, like I'm I'm I love it that much. I agree. I think that it was a really good book. I'm excited to read the uh, novella. I probably won't start reading it until next week, early next week, because I just, I have so much going on. I don't even know when I'm going to be home again (laughs) starting tomorrow. So um, I am going to hold off, but I'm very excited because I think, I want to say it's got to either be uh, in a portion of time in between the first two books when they were apart or no, I think it be... said it was, it's, it's while they're, um, it's while they're apart for him recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I've, I feel elated. I just feel content and happy. It's such a sad book. It's so heartbreaking. I cried many times reading it. Um, and I'm just like, um, I, I don't know. It's I, just, I feel grateful it exists. It's not often that I get a book where after I finish reading it, I have to like take a break from reading. So I finished kind of later last night, but usually I'm pretty quick to be like, oh, okay, let me just start another book and, you know, get into it. And with that one, I was like, I set it down. I texted Kelsey and then I was like, I cannot look at another like sentence right now i have to take a break and just process the hangover from this book was real i you know what i did i was like i have to find um another super angsty book to just like pull me back into the emotion like i don't want to be out of like that deep feeling yet so i'm reading um another book and it seems like I don't know how good it's going to be. I've read another book by this author, but um, it seems like it's going to be pretty angsty as well. So, Oh, yeah. No, I... Another, I in... another uh, conversion therapy type book. Oh, no. Those are so sad, too. I know. I want to be I sad. Like... I feel like this book was as close as I could get to, like, that type of content. It just... I'm a... I'm basically a walking rain cloud, so... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm currently reading that sci-fi book that I hyped up so hard during one of our uh I think it was one of our bi-weeklies when it first came out. Oh yeah. I'm finally reading the third one. 
and I'm, oh, it's so good. But it's funny and light. It's a lot lighter. So, like, it doesn't, it, it's not pulling me back into that motion. It's it's getting me level again is what I feel like. Yeah, I'm, uh, this, this duet is going to be definitely in one of my favorites for the entire year. Like, I'm. I've got a few that have just like stuck with me this year and this is definitely this is definitely one of them. I'm really I'm excited. I think so I'm assuming anyways for December we're going to do instead of our December favorites we'll do our favorites from the whole year. Um and I just <laughs> why would you do that to me? What How do you mean? supposed to remember yeah. things that I loved from January. Um, Darling Venom is my January for sure. Was that when we read Darling Venom? Was January? It was. It was January. <gasps> I've read thousands of books since then, and I'm not exaggerating that. I know. I um. Yeah, but like, there's just like a few that have just really stuck with me this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. So we'll just pick a few that have just like left that lingering, like Pen Pal, Perfect Strangers, like. It, it could be the read-along ones. If they're our top for the whole year, then they're our top for the whole year, you know? Pen Pal, I feel like, didn't stick with me as much as... What was the other one? Perfect Strangers was intense. Yeah. That It outranks Pen Pal for me. Only for because sure. Pen Pal, I feel like the curveball was a little too... I, it wasn't it was weird. to my taste. I was it mad was more than, like... Yeah. <laughs> it didn't stick with me so much as I was so angry. Yeah, well, like, it sticks with me because it, like, is so wild. Like, like, and it was still a very good book. Like, I enjoyed the book, hindsight, you know. But um, it was just so wild. I was not, I was caught off guard. I wasn't expecting it. So, um, I don't know. I think it, I think it definitely deserves, like, notable mentions. Like, <laughs> because it, it was still a very good book. It just wasn't like anything that you would expect. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go do that. Cause that was interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's, Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling, I, I guess Thanksgiving is tomorrow for us as we're recording. And I'm just feeling thankful. <laughs> I am too. I'm thankful that there are so many, uh, authors out there just in general who are willing to share with us a piece of the worlds that they create. I think that yeah. it's just, it's so amazing to me that people can just do that. I, I want to be an aspiring writer, I guess I would say, but I just, sometimes I read these works and I'm like, how, how do you do that? How do you put out they, your, they carve out a little piece of themselves yeah. and give it to and it's just like, wow, you know, like in, and you don't feel that with every single book you read. And when you do get that piece where you're just like, wow, I really feel like this author just gifted me a piece of themselves. Like it's, it's just, it's an incredible feeling. It is. It's wonderful. That's reading rocks, <laughs> not to sound like <laughs> so corny. It really but, does though. Like it, you get to be whoever you want to be or you get to like you get to enter these worlds that are in people's mind it's fucking mind-blowing that people can just create worlds that don't exist and it's just you can be who you want you can you know enter this fantasy world or even real life world that just is this escape from you know and not that real life is bad necessarily but you can really just the sky and beyond is the limit when it comes to reading and it doesn't matter what your taste is it doesn't there's something for everybody out there reading is one of the most magical gifts that humans have ever put on this earth yeah well we're getting really sappy <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, that time of year, okay? Oh, I'm, I'm like, gonna be doing this. Oh, you're getting choked up. I'm like reading rocks. <laughs> okay, guys. So um, we didn't talk a whole whole lot, but this book seriously, like, it gives you just the most. It gives you such a range of emotion, and it it really is a fantastic piece of literature. And so I would say 
that if you have not picked up this book and read along with us, please do that. And thank you as always for coming and listening to us babble on about everything but what we were talking about. I know. Just know we love it, okay? <laughs> if you've read it all, you understand the speechless feeling that we feel right now, okay? Yes. So thank you so much, guys. And so next week is going to be, we'll have a bonus episode out, and we will be doing our November favorites. Yay. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.